the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the Weekend Recap. And we are back from Chicago, so we are going to tell you guys everything and anything. Trip to Bellator 288, two title fights, one new champion, a lot to go over there. We are also very minimally talking about UFC Vegas, insert number here. Uh, is it the worst UFC card of all time? People are asking. All this and more it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Below Average Joe's MMA show. That's the weekend recap. Lot of 288 to talk about. We will get into just a little bit of UFC Vegas insert number here. Of course, I think the bigger storylines coming out of that card involve stuff outside of the Octagon, Dominic. But we, of course, were in attendance for Bellator 288 in Chicago. Me and Dominic made the drive a bros trip. It was all business with just a little bit of pleasure. A bed was shared, but we kept our... How are you feeling now that we have been home for about 24 hours at this point? Uh, you got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling good, Noah. It was a fun little trip. First time for me in Chicago since, oh boy, 2010, I think. It's been a long time, uh, but it was fun. I think the arena was super nice over there, Wintrust Arena, Bellator. Good production, good show, had a blast. Uh, great seats, good fights. Crowd was pretty solid, too, throughout the whole thing. So, overall, man, it was a great experience. We got some footage for you guys that we'll share eventually. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't have went any better. Quick little trip. Like Noah said, all business, a little bit of pleasure. And we're back in action here. We got a recording to go through, Noah. How are you doing? I know you're back home for the week. Family time, turkey time. It's a good time. It's, it's a great time of year. My birthday, of course, is on November 25th, so some years it falls on Thanksgiving. This year it's the day after Thanksgiving, so this time of year is such a such a good time for me. But uh, it was nice to take that trip with Dom to Chicago. Trust Arena was great. A little small, but I loved the setup. I mean, we literally walked through sky bridges from our hotel, or from the parking garage to the hotel, from the hotel to the arena, I mean, we did. I mean, it was great. We didn't have. We yes. once we parked in the parking garage, we didn't have to step foot outside in the twenty degree weather. Uh, so that was a plus, especially because when we came back, I was wearing shorts. My mom did yell at me for that. But you know who didn't yell at me, Dom? That would be the great people over at PointsBet Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show, and they have an exclusive offer for you, the listener, you, the viewer, right now. If you sign up for Point Sportsbook, they are going to match your initial deposit up to $2,000. That's 100% of that initial deposit up to $2,000. Uh, it's a great offer. There are two ways that you can make good on this. One, you get the description of today's episode, you click the link, you sign up, you put in your deposit, boom, they match it. Or you can download the PointsBet Sportsbook app, make sure you use code MMAJOES at sign up. Dominic, you want to get the repeat in there for me? I can do that. MMA Joes, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, make sure you use that when you sign up through the app. You put in your deposit, it'll be matched. So please bet responsibly, but make sure you use that offer if you're going to do so. If you're going to bet, if you're going to be a degenerate, you might as well do it with some free money in your account. So with that, Dominic, I think we move over into Bellator 288 from the Trust Arena, Chicago. Your main event, grudge match a bit here. This was... The rules of our, our lightweight Grand Prix to be over back in April. Uh, we saw Vadim Nemkov, the light heavy champion, and Corey Anderson meet in the finals. Corey Anderson put up a great performance, and then, of course, there was the inadvertent headbutt during a grappling transition. 
uh, which left uh, a cut on Nemkov that made him unable to continue. No contest, so Nemkov retains the belt. But there's a million-dollar prize up in the air. There's a title on the line. I mean, there was a lot at stake here, so it needed to be run back. It was done so Friday night, Dom. And this time, Nemkov here, uh, of course, did his thing on the feet. Looked great there. But the bigger story being the adjust that he was I wasn't sure if he'd be able to do it in just a few months' time. But he looked incredible in terms of his defensive soundness in this fight. Uh, anytime Corey Anderson went for a shot, he was basically stuffed the entire fight. And Nemkov had a great point of attack at attacking the legs of Corey Anderson. So that way in the later rounds, those takedowns got even more noticeable they he's some coming from a mile away so it was a good fight uh chicago of course being the home of Corey anderson so this was a an away performance for vadim nemkov and uh the right man won here so he gets the million dollar prize he he retains the light heavyweight title and just like the headline says dom i think the promise of vadim nemkov has been kept here you know the blemishes were shown they were the holes were exposed in their first encounter, but now you look at the transformation in just a few months, and this shows this guy is just getting so much better each time out. He may just be Dominic, one of if not the best, one of the best fighters in the entire promotion. Yeah, Vadim Nimkov is back. He came back in a big way, a performance that it felt like was needed. For him, because in that first one, like Noah said, it was kind of just all Corey Anderson, man. It looked like a finish was even in route before the accidental headbutt occurred. But this one, it was all about the adjustments. The fact that Vadim was able to make up so much ground in seven months is quite astonishing. It really is, because Corey Anderson is a great grappler, a great wrestler. And he, when he wins, he has so much success doing so. So the fact that Vadim was able to you know, alleviate that attack and just keep, not even keep, but force Corey Anderson to be in a kickboxing match instead with himself. That made all the difference, man. It really did. Uh, very entertaining fight. I enjoyed this fight. It was competitive. Uh, it was very active, you know, from start to finish. There weren't really many null moments in this fight. So it, it was a good performance. Vadim needed it. We already know who his next opponent's going to be. Yoel Romero was live in the flesh, in the crowd. We got to see him with our own two eyes. Goodness gracious, he is a large man, by the way, if anybody's ever seen uh, Yoel Romero in person. But they do the little face-off afterwards. So it's good to finally put that Grand Prix away. You know, that was a long one. What was it? It started in the spring of 2021, and it's just now ending. So it's a new chapter. It's a turning of the page. Yoel, obviously on his kind of last run, as we all know, for his career, what can he do? Can he end his career with a championship in Bellator? Only time will tell. But Vadim, this version of Vadim Nemkov looks like a long reigning champion to me, Noah. Yeah, and he's going to have a chance to get quite the showcase in that next fight because, like you said, his next matchup is already established. They did a face-off in the Octagon, a very friendly face-off, you know, Yoel. Quite the nice guy, it seems like. Uh, him and Nemkov were not. Uh, it wasn't quite the face-off that the Stott Sabatello <laughs> one was earlier yeah. in the night. But um, that matchup, of course, was announced earlier. I don't know if it was the day before or whatever. Uh, they announced that uh, Fedor and um, Bader will be having their uh, rematch uh, February 4th in Inglewood, California on CBS. And the co-main will be... But he have Yoel Romero. So Dominic, massive card uh, on CBS. I think it's the first time for Bellator to be on CBS. I think it's the first time CBS has had MMA since Strike Force. I could be wrong about that. But <clears throat> if, if not, that's a massive moment. And that'll be a massive showcase for a guy like Vadim Nemkov. So I'm curious, since we don't really have like an organized part of the show, even talking about the Nemkov-Bader fight. Uh, just your thoughts on those two fights, you know, being stacked up one on, you know, back it being on CBS, you know, it's, it seems like a pretty big deal for Bellator. Yeah, it's awesome that Bellator is getting to be on CBS national television Two, you know, big time fights. And it's interesting, too, 
Vadim and Fedor on the same card because Fedor's always in Vadim Nemkov's corner. So obviously he's not going to be in the corner there. They're going to be fighting separately, two different fights, two very, very important big fights on a big card. So uh, I think that's cool storylines to have them fighting together. Um, it, it, it's a big deal, man, for an organization, a, you know, a B tier, right? A step down from the UFC to get a nationally televised slot because it happens for the UFC quite often. They get the ESPN cards, ESPN to PFL even gets ESPN except for, you know, of course this year they're not doing the championships, but you know, that's a discussion from last Thursday, but now Bellator is getting that opportunity and it feels earned. It really does. So we, we have our gripes. We have our frustrations with the promotion and the marketing tactics of Bellator, but they do have a good product. They have good fighters over there. People just need to see it. Hopefully they have a good card that can deliver on national TV and CBS. And also quick little random shout out to Fedor and Vadim, because as we were walking back to the parking garage to leave the hotel, they were eating breakfast down in the hotel lobby, just like nothing ever happened. Not like Vadim just won a million bucks the night before or anything. Wish we would have been down there on the floor mm. to see him closer, but really just kind of cool to see that they are just normal people at the end of the day. You know, they can eat at the hotel cafe too. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, quite the legend in Fedor. It was a quite, quite uh, mesmerizing even near his presence, of course. Yes. But I will just say that this is like the first sign of life for Bellator in a long time, it feels like. You know, I feel like Bellator had sort of been, um, I don't know, just going through the motions. You know, there have been some whispers that maybe they were for sale. Like, it feels like this deal with Showtime, which at first was really, they got away from DAZN. It, it also seems it's just not really gone anywhere. Like, we're really fully just committed to giving them resources or whatever it might be because the Martin poor. Uh, you feel like these big events coming up for Bellator and you just never hear about them. Um, but this is a great step. You know, you got the big moves, but then they keep doing the whole three steps forward, two steps back. You know, we're going to charge $50 for the pay-per-view. It's like, oh, my God. So if we can make these steps and, you know, continuously just build on it, you know, they could take back that number two spot from PFL. So a uh, big, big card for sure, Dominic. But we will move on into the co-main of this card, Bellator 288, where a new champion was crowned, Usman Nurmagomedov, has continued the legacy of the Nurmagomedov family that entire team down in Dagestan. He has defeated Patriki Pitbull via unanimous decision. This this was not a great fighting fight in the world. But I will say, Dom, that this was very impressive on behalf of Nurmagomedov. Simply because Patriki Pitbull was neutralized from start to finish. Actually nothing to offer here. And we know where Patricky Pitbull is. Whether you believe his title, you know, his title holding spot was legitimate or was kind of handed to him by his brother, who might be better, whatever you want to say, is here and there in Bellator and other promotions. But the guy's a great fighter. He's fought in a numerous promotions around the world, fought to the best guys in the world. Usman Nurmagomedov had never beaten a top 10 guy in Bellator. This was a huge jump up for him, so I think it is very important that he was able to not just win, but virtually gave Patricky Pip no sliver of success, no sliver of... I felt like by the time the final bell rang, Dom, Patricky Pibble is not the type of guy to quit. He's not the type to lay, down, to lay over and die. That's just not how those guys are built. But he was as close to that point as you could get. The man looked very defeated. Mm -hmm. Your thought on Magomedov's performance Friday? Yeah, I mean, again, it's not something that's going to blow you away at first glance. But when you really do look at it from like a hardcore fan's perspective, and you really just got to witness how great of a talent Usman Magomedov is. And I, I can't emphasize this enough. He's 20 four years old and just neutralized and made Patricky Pitbull one of the all-time vets of Bellator history 
do nothing. Nothing was done from him in this whole fight. And the fact that he's able to do that at such a young age, so green into this game, especially from an ex- like a uh, experience in terms of competition standpoint, it's just astonishing, man. The future that this kid can have is unreal. And I feel confident calling him kid because he's the same age as, well, me. You're 25 now, or you're about to be 25. Anyways, it's just crazy um, that he's a champion now, undefeated. I want to see him thrive. I want to see him have big fights in Bellator. But the selfish part in me does want to see him compete one day in the biggest organization in something like the UFC. I've said that before about Vadim Nimkov when he first won the title. I'm saying it here for Usman. Have your reign. Have your fun in Bellator. Get that money when you can. Because I believe they're starting a lightweight Grand Prix for 2023. So that's a huge uh, accomplishment for him to try and get that million dollars, continue to be the champion. But man. We are on to something here, something special. One of the best fighters in the world that's not in the UFC, by the way, is Usman Nurmagomedov. Performances like this show why. Yeah, I I know me and Dom tend to differ on this. I know Dominic sees a performance like this or a fighter like this, and you know you're you want uh, imagine what he could do if he was going up against the best fighters in the world and the biggest promotion in the world. I'm more of an advocate, I guess, for parity and trying to have some of the most talented guys outside the UFC. You know, I like the idea of having a really solid PFL and Bellator be solid. So a guy like Usman or Magomedov, I want to see what he can just accomplish under the restrictions of Bellator. Uh, If he were to go to the UFC or PFL or wherever and it works out, that's great, but to be honest, I'm just excited to see what this guy can accomplish. Yes, Bellator from top to bottom, not as talented as the UFC. But if anything, that just leads to the idea this guy could really build an all-time resume, uh, an all-time, all that more. So he's so young, like you said, he's the same age as me and Dom uh, as we're recording. That, to me, just shows like who's going to beat this guy as he continuously gets better. The man is four or five years away from hitting his prime. Who is really going to step up and beat this guy over the course of the next, what, 10 years? Obviously, you would. the chances of it actually happening to where he stays undefeated and beats everybody for the next 10 years, it's probably, there's always something that happens, but that makes it all the more interesting, Dom. Who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be the one that shocks the world and takes that Manzo? Because right now, there's nobody as far as in Bellator. But Usman Nurmagomedov, offensively, I think I'd like to see more in his next fight. But really can't knock him here. He literally pitched the shutout, basically. So, great performance. Absolutely, man. We will move on. We're to talk about Bellator 288. But we want to get into a couple headlines. And really, Dominic... This is just the point of the show where we're talking about UFC Vegas insert number here from the Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, because the bigger stories lines coming out of this card involve stuff that was outside of the octagon. The actual action in the octagon seemed much less relevant than some of the things going on outside of it. So we'll start with our main event, our planned main event, Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Not a great main event. Uh, I think we both kind of such, but you know, Derek Lewis, a pretty name, a guy that a lot of cat, even casual fans recognize. Um, looking for a big bounce back against Sergey Spivak, that fight ends up not happening. Uh, in the middle of the card, they announced that there was some sort of um, issue with Derek Lewis, uh, whether injury or illness or whatever it could be, and because of that the the main event was scrapped. Now, this already wasn't a good main event, Dom, in terms of what we want from a main event. I'm not saying it's not a good fight. It's an interesting fight because we know each guy has a clear advantage on the other. But in terms of a main event, not holding up. And when you don't, you know, what the UFC has been kind of doing with these fight night cards where they basically give you an interesting main event, maybe, and then the rest of the card is a lot of, you know, stuff you just don't really care that much about. There might be a couple prospects here and there that, you know, are interesting. But when they do that, they really, I mean, they're really crippling themselves if, if one thing doesn't go right. If that main event falls through, 
then you're stuck with Kennedy and Chuck Kennedy Chukwu and Jan Kudalaba as your main event. And uh, I'm not sure I heard any more about what may have happened with Derek Lewis. I hope he's all good. But I think this just needs to be a lesson. During this time of the year especially, Dom, a lot of people may look at me and go, you know, Noah, you weren't as critical about these cards in February or March. And yeah, that's right, because guess what? There's a lot of TV sports related. They can get away with it when they're the only dog in the yard. But when you have football on, you know, the World Cup starting today, you got college basketball, NBA, hockey. Yes, it's all this time. stuff. You have to be a little bit more there needs to be a little, little bit more see to be competitive during this time of year. I understand I have an obligation to do this podcast. I love it. So what I guess not obligation to do the podcast. I have an obligation to watch some of these cards due to us doing this podcast. We preview, we recap, we want to give people what they want. But Dominic, sometimes it's hard when you have a card like this. You know, I got money on the line and I, I love football. I watch college football, NFL, I love college basketball. I'll watch some NBA. I'm even trying to watch some hockey. It's hard when you have a limited amount of screens to make the UFC one of those screens when it's a card like this. That's just the reality. So um, I just wanted to kind of put that out there because I know there's a lot of people who probably watch this uh, podcast or uh, watch MMA and are listening that don't watch other sports. I think that's something I've learned in my you know, last couple of years of doing this podcast is there's quite a, a large amount of MMA fans who are strictly MMA or combat sports fans and don't watch other sports. But uh, when you do, it just makes it hard when cards like these uh, come about because the competition, you know, a lot of the games that are on elsewhere are just more intriguing to me. What do you, what do you kind of think about that? Cause I know you're not quite, you know, you like other sports, you love football, whatnot, but you're not like necessarily watching three games at one time like I am. I'm curious kind of what you think a card like this comes about, even if the main event were to be held on to, you know, how hard is it for you? Because I know MMA is your big priority to watch each week. So is it get a little difficult sometimes when maybe you want to, you know, do something else when, but you gotta, you gotta watch and check, uh, Kennedy ends at Chukwu and Jan Kudalava. Yeah. Uh, quickly too. I just want to say all great points there from Noah. I hope people do kind of get to see your perspective there because it's, it's a, first off, it's transparent being like a media head in this mm. space, giving a product about MMA, but you're, 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 your points there are a broad you're you're representing a market that is out there like a vast majority if not more mm. watch other sports over the mma um so it's just cool that people can kind of see it from your perspective and get an idea of how it works uh for me again i don't necessarily have like as much money on the line on other sports as noah does because i know that kind of make intrigues him even more to watch because yeah. when he's got something on True. the line so that's something and you know, it'll probably continue to get more so for me in the coming months. But um, I'll say even though I don't do as much betting, I still love all these other sports. Yesterday in specific, for example, the Ohio State Buckeyes, our team, number two in the nation right now. Look at the game that they had to – the battle that they had to do with Maryland. That's on at the same time as this UFC card was. So it does make it hard when you want to watch these other ones. But you, you feel this obligation – um, to watch the MMA fights to give you guys the best show possible. So it does get hard. And I think it, it, again, it's prime time season right now for sports. Every single sport is going on college, professionally, everything, even a World Cup thrown in, like Noah mentioned. So I love Noah's point where he says, when there's cards like this, it, it, the UFC is not standing out from the other competition mm -hmm. now and i mean even this weekend they didn't stand out from their same sport competition i thought it was bellator's weekend already coming into the fact and then when you True. lose lewis and spivak they definitely take the cake for the weekend then next week the ufc's off and bellator's off it's all pfl so it's their time to shine but they're throwing it behind a paywall there there are just little <coughs> things that as an mma fan you kind of want to nitpick and just 
provide feedback on because uh, at the end of the day, while we do provide content based on it, we have to watch that content as well. So it's just like giving feedback here. I'd love to get people's thoughts too. If you're still listening at this point in the episode, mm. let us know comments, voice messages, like from a viewing perspective for you as a fan, is it always MMA first? Do you struggle to go back and forth between things during this time of year? I'm really curious everyone's standpoint here because everybody's going to be different. That's the beauty of loving sports in general, to be honest. Yeah. It's weird because again, if this was April, you know, or may or something, it's a different story. Uh, you probably, you wouldn't hear me complain as much. Like I'd probably just say, well, it's not a great card, Yeah, but I'd just be happy that MMA's on because yeah. there's not as much competition. It's just this time of year. You almost feel like the UFC need to like put a little more into it or, or, Dom, let me just propose something. How about during this time of the year, we do Friday cards instead of Saturday? I feel like that would solve a lot of issues because Friday, not quite as – you'll get some NBA, some college basketball. But Saturday, man, I mean, that's yeah. college football's day. You know, that's – I mean, that is all football all day. And, you, of course, you do have the college basketball thrown in, the NBA thrown in. Uh, the some hockey, like I said, I'm trying to get into. So Saturday is just a tough day, and that's not even to mention the fact: what if you have plans? What if you're going somewhere? Yeah, you know, it's just um, I'm always going to make it a priority because I love doing this podcast and I love the sport. Mm -hmm. But to put it bluntly, you know, I have two TVs at my apartment. I have a laptop that I always put something on, and then I have my phone. Yeah. When football season started, I would do one game on the TV, football, MMA, UFC, usually, on the other TV, then another game on the laptop, and then if I needed to follow something else on my phone, I would. That has now changed to the point where it has gone down and down and down to now it seems like most cards I have two foot two college football games on the TVs, maybe a third one on the laptop and then my phone is what's carrying MMA. So do you see like how the, yeah. it's starting to low, it's just getting a little lower when, when these, when I feel like there's not a lot of effort buying the cards, it's hard for me to make it mm -hmm. a, an effort to make it a priority. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I don't want it to come off like, I'm. I don't know. Like I, I feel like, I mean, I'm saying a lot of stuff here, but it's never going to get any lower than it is at this point. Like it's never going to, like, I'm never going to just, actively not watch as long as we're doing this podcast like it's just not in me right i like it too much even when there's not a lot of names not a lot of things grabbing me i just like mma so much that i'm gonna watch it anyways but you know it's just something i felt like needed to be said because a lot of people have been saying it for years you know we've even kind of combated against that at times you know a lot of people argue there's too much ufc in our calendar year and if you did a little bit less each year you'd get more stacked fight nights that's the kind of the argument but uh you know just wanted to give my two cents and i figured dom might offer a little bit of a different perspective and i think he did so uh that was one of our headlines <laughs> yeah uh, but we do have one more dom and this one is this one's getting a little interesting because this yeah. all Stems from that fight a couple weeks ago. Derek Minner was taken on. Was it Shaylin? Uh, Nerd, how do you say his Nerd last Mbeke, name? Nerd Mbeke. Yeah. Nerd Mbeke. <laughs> Nerd Mbeke. I'm just, I just sound like a fucking, such a trash white boy right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Derek Minner uh, was originally, I don't know if he, he was, did he, was he the underdog even going into fight week and then it just ballooned? The yes, odds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was already like a plus one thirty, plus one forty underdog, but then as the day closer to the fight night, all of a sudden he ballooned up to double, triple that number without really there being anything noticeable going on. So of course everybody sniffed this out and was like, "Yeah, there's right here," and Dominic. Fight starts. He immediately starts throwing body kick. First body kick I think he threw. Uh, he wins. Got his leg. 
Um, he, then he kept spamming them again. I don't know why he did that, but yeah. he did. It, it was a really good-looking fight. Uh, Derek Minner is, of course, coached and cornered by James Krause, who uh, James Krause has been in the headline recently, and a lot of it comes from the fact that he has sort of, since retiring uh, officially from competing in MMA, he's, of course, fully transitioned into the coaching role and uh, cornering, but he has become super involved with his own sports betting. He has an entire Instagram where he, he bets on every week. Um, UFC passed down a rule just a, a month ago or so that barred any coaches, cornermen, teammates, uh, fighters from betting on fights, basically. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot said about it at the time. Just, I think Dana's only comment on it was like, it's a bad look. Uh, just, And I think this is why we're seeing that it's a bad look with literally just a couple weeks later. So after the weirdness of the Minner fight, a whole investigation is now underway. There is a, a probe into James Krause. Uh, he was barred from cornering one of his fighters on Saturday. Uh, suspended, if you will, while this uh, betting probe is going on. And Dominic, regulators notified the New Jersey Sportsbooks on Saturday that they were prohibited from offering any fights James Krause is involved in and then obviously also suspend him from cornering one of his fighters. So uh, one of those instances where the MMA community came together and really called this, I mean, they Babe Ruth this one. I mean, we were people pointing at James Krause the moment this fight happened. And now nothing has been confirmed. No official ruling here. So we're, of course, not saying that it's true that James Krause had any sort of um, negligent involvement or, uh, you know, that he did anything really. But the fact that they're looking into it uh, shows that this was just as obvious. Like sometimes when there's smokes fire, and I think that's what you're seeing with this investigation. Uh, what are your, kind of your thoughts? Because he seems like a likable guy. But then a lot of these headlines that have been coming out lately and some of this stuff uh, sort of paint a different picture of the guy. What do you think? Yeah, I think it, it's interesting, too. For those that don't know, there was a media scrum last week where Dana was asked about the – was it last week? Yeah, that was 281. He was asked about – Yeah, I think um, so. Um, the investigation and if anything was found he said no there was zero proof of anything wrongdoing and that was the point of the investigation well the investigation must have found something <laughs> over this past week because things have changed very very quickly man well um, i didn't even know about this until our buddy texted it in the group because I, I texted right when they announced that lewis and spivak was canceled i'm like oh boy this is great news to the card and then he said oh yeah and by the way james Krause got suspended too what a weird day I'm like, uh, say what now? What happened? And then I had to get on Twitter, and, and I found that out too because they're not going to say that on the broadcast. At least I don't think they did. So that was uh, interesting to find out, and it's just – it seems very shady and sketchy. It, it, it's painting a bit of a black eye, dare I say, even on some of these smaller fight night cards where they're already not getting the best you know, attention thrown mm -hmm. toward them, and now you're adding this. Uh, not a good look, man. It was uh, Miles Johns was his fighter yesterday that he wasn't allowed to corner. He did pick up a win. But, yeah, it all stems from that Derek Minner fight and the weirdness around those odds drastically changing within even as close to, like, 90 minutes prior to the fight. I, <laughs> I hope that nothing weird is going on behind the scenes. But with this happening now – and it, you got to figure, too, like it's only a matter of time before these other sports books are going to do the same thing, right? And then that's affecting, you know, the UFC and these sports books because there's going to be fights on cards that people aren't going to be allowed to bet on, forcing the UFC's hand to just get James Krause not involved. That way it can stay on these sports books to for people to have plays on it. So this is this could become a snowball effect. As a matter of fact, it already kind of is. Mm. It began when um, Hunter Campbell had that release come out that they banned all the betting and whatnot. That was when the snow started getting, you know, piled together you know then the Derek Minner things right. happen they start pushing it down the hill it's getting bigger and bigger this happens yesterday and oh boy it's like an avalanche coming down the hill right now I hope 
it doesn't crash and burn. No, I really don't. But there, it just feels like there's going to be more and more that comes out as we head into 2023, this next month and a half. There, like, again, not anybody of any, not, you know, we are in no place to do that. We don't know what, it just seemed like it was just a very weird situation. So regardless if James Krause is actually doing anything shady here, uh, there, there was a need for this to be investigated. But can I just put out there what, because they really haven't said, like, what potentially he did that is mm-hmm. causing this. So let me just ask you if this is the way I'm perceiving it. So the best case is their center had an injury going into the fight, knew he did, did not disclose it to the State Athletic Commission. Somehow the word got out that he had this injury. That causes this huge shift in the lines. Obviously, Minner loses, and that the athletic commission said they may, uh, I don't know, suspend, or there may be some, you know, uh, disciplinary action on Derek Minner for not disclosing that injury. Best case scenario, that that's, that's what happened. The worst case scenario is that, well, I don't know if it's the worst case scenario, but it's a realistic bad scenario here, that potentially Derek Minner had this injury, didn't disclose it to the state athletic commission. And then his coach and cornerman, James Krause may have bet, um, or even informed some associates basically maybe telling them to bet against, uh, Derek Minner. Um, I believe that's kind of what the worst case scenario is here could be, or maybe even, I think the really worst case scenario is that they could be something like Derek Minner, didn't even have an injury and people thought somehow there was known that he was going to throw this fight and that that was all just a fake in the, in the cage. So as far as that, that realistic scenario, I put, is that kind of what you think the reason they're looking into James Krause is maybe to see what his betting activity on this specific fight was, you know, who did he talk to in the days leading up and what he might've told him? Does that sound about right? Oh, yeah. I would say that's what the investigation comes down to. I know, um, like, people on MMA Twitter, he has, like, a really big Discord where they just have a big group that talk about the bets and stuff for the fights. But I guess he's, like, really active in there um, and, like, would even place bets for other people and stuff. So I I feel like they're just trying to get as in-depth as they can with this investigation to make sure. Because, again, like, God forbid something like one of those worst case scenarios like Noah mentioned actually happened. We we do hope at the end of the day, it was just kind of a word of mouth thing that just so happened to get out. And really it didn't even, the thing is like, it doesn't even have to get out to a ton of people, but if it gets out to, you know, big betters that are going to put a lot of money on the other side, all it takes is a few really large bets to sway a line that much, especially on a fight like that, where you have to imagine not a lot of people are going to bet on, you know, Derek Minner versus Shaley and right. Nerd and Becky fight. So it just takes a couple big ones. So again, hopefully it's nothing bad. I, I hope it all ends well with this and that James Krause can continue to corner and that his fighters continue. They have a good gym over there, man. Glory MMA, Brandon Moreno trains there now. You know, you don't want a whole gym with so many great fighters and careers on the line to just get crashed and burned here because of this. So I just hope that all goes well. Yeah, it's just weird for that gym because this is coming off the heels of that Megan Anderson mm-hmm. like rant, uh, accused James Krause of some stuff. Uh, you know, it's just a weird time for him in that gym. Like, you know, feel like the, everything was squeaky clean before, and now all of a sudden, all this stuff that just seems so shady and black eyes for the sport are coming all at once. You know, it's 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 yeah. very weird, but yeah. um. That is the headlines, Dominic. We will move on into the rest. And speaking of UFC Vegas insert number here, we do have one fight from this card. That's your boy Jack, Dom. Jackie Moon. Mm-hmm. Madalena got the first round TKO over Danny Roberts. I, for one, am very impressed by this. I know a lot of people may have saw this coming. Uh, real quick finish for Jack. He's done that twice before i believe i think he's had first round finishes in his first two ufc fights and i thought the streak would not continue i figured he'd get a tougher challenge against danny roberts danny roberts a solid fighter a durable fighter Mm -hmm. uh but 
man, Jack, anytime he hit him, Jack hurt him and he dropped him multiple times. And uh, it was pretty much over from the moment the bell rang. So, great performance for Jack. But my question for you, Dom, as a, for, as a form of uh, directing the conversation here, what's next for Jack? You know, when, when are we, where, how high are we getting? Are, when are, how close to see some top team action for Jack? I, I sure hope it's the next fight. No, I, I put out on our Twitter, first off, they're going to Perth, Australia in February. Put Jackie Moon on the card in front of his home crowd, his family, his friends. Put him on the Australia card, step one. Step two, no more lateral movement. Give this man a step up in competition. I'm not calling for him to fight like a top 15 guy or whatever. Not that he's in the deepest weight class, so that helps him. But you have to give him a step up. Dare I say even one more fight, you win that one, you get a top 15 opponent. This dude's talent is legit. He looks like a future title contender, star, maybe even champion in the making. This guy has won 13 fights in a row. He's phenomenal on the feet, has a very good fight IQ, relatively defensively sound. And I know if you go back to the Contender Series fight, it was a scrappy one, right? One of the best fights on that show's history. So, you know, you, you kind of do want to, as a fan too, I, I kind of want to see him get tested at the UFC level now. I know Ange Lusa has had a couple fights in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken, as well after that. So you have to do a step up with this kid. What can he do next? I really, really believe in him. Please put him in front of his home crowd in Australia. Let's see how high Jackie Moon can fly, Noah. That's what I'm saying. You know I'm flying with him. You know I'm on that that uh mm-hmm. that bandwagon yep. I'm, I'm not a bandwagoner but i'm on the crew you know what i'm saying <laughs> you're day one day one day baby one. jackie moon mm-hmm. uh we will transition back to bellator 288 one fight to talk about here dominic maybe not i don't know if i can quite say the big of the night because uh this was a very big habib crowd and crew so usman Nurmagomedov and the rest of the the boys out in Dagestan were getting huge pops in that Chicago crowd. But Chicago and James, the unranked heavyweight, 40 years old, massive man, was going up against Tyrell Fortune, the number five ranked heavyweight for Bellator. And Dominic, Daniel James, second round TKO. He hurt him at the end of the first round, then finished him with a nasty uppercut and follow-up shots uh, in the ground and pound in the second the crowd went insane for this guy. Um, there's probably a good chance he'll still be ranked below Tyrell Fortune come Monday, but I digress. A number next to Mr. Daniel James. This dude's kind of a beast. I mean, he looked great, and he's massive. I kind of like this guy. Oh, no. I mean, this dude set the Trust Arena on fire. I don't know if the YouTube prelim broadcast did it justice. Or this wasn't even on YouTube. This was on Showtime. This was a main card fight. I don't think the broadcast did it justice regardless because this arena was going nuts for the hometown guy. 40 years old, a giant of a man, as Noah said, picks up a top five victory. Noah, let us not forget that while he did hurt Tyrell Fortune at the end of the first round, we have to remember how he got to that. He was in a deep rear naked choke, looked like it was all but done and dusted. He fights through the choke flips on top and that's when the lid of the arena popped off the place was going nuts um and it it just really felt like the tide turned and you almost knew that he was going to win that fight Noah was trying to pull up the sports book he's like dude i gotta live bet this right now and it wasn't even enough time for him to live bet it because it was 27 (laughs) seconds into the second round when he gets the finish we it's that's the beauty of being at these events man Watching at home on TV does not do it justice. When something big happens at these sporting events, at these MMA, UFC events, it just hits different when you're there live. It was goosebumps, biggest pop of the night. Uh, honestly, like he's my second or third, I guess, biggest takeaway from Bellator 288. The guy that no one really knew, now at least a lot more people know about this man. Give him his chance to fight another top guy. And dare I say, if he gets that win, give my man Daniel James a title shot, Noah. Come on, baby. <laughs> I love it. Uh, moving on from the rest, we get into the below average bet slip. Dun, dun, mm. dun. 
And here we go, Dom. The below average bet slip for this week. Any thoughts? Anything you'd like to put out there? All I'll say is that the losing streak is over. Now, damn it, we didn't gain a lot of units back. But there's a plus next to the weekly standing, and that's all that matters, man. Um, thankful that the big two-unit parlay at Bellator hit, that was nice to get over 1.4 units on that play, being that we were able to get two units down on it. We hit big on a two-unit Natalia Silva. Got to watch that one on the car ride home yesterday. She's a very great talent, by the way. I know we didn't talk about her in the rest, but she is legit at that weight class. So keep an eye on her. Um I'm just glad that I had a big – personally, for me, I know we've both been struggling, but for me personally, even to get back into the positive felt like a win. To have the bet slip in a positive feels like a win. I know that we're not going to be able to get into the positive for the year unless we have some drastically amazing record-breaking performances over the next month and a half. But, my God, it just feels good to get a win sometimes, and that's all we can do. Well said. Let's move on. Uh, there's only – one part of the show, one way to end this show. Yes, I did not even acknowledge the below average bet slip. I'm done acknowledging it. Um, but there's only one way we end this show around with a little thing called closing statements. The point of the show where me and Dom can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. So, uh, Dominic, I'm actually going to go first if you don't mind because I know I tend to put you on the spot here. Uh, but I want to just throw a business idea out here to Dom, to the people. To any investors out there, um, there is a gold mine business idea that's just waiting for someone to snatch it and make it a reality. And that's a little thing called freezing cheesing. Now, there's plenty of pizza shops out there, some great ones, some with a lot of history to them, you know, a lot of roots over Italy, a lot of Italian immigrants came over here and chased the American dream and started up a pizza shop, uh, do it the old-fashioned way, whatever. But they all serve the same thing at the end of the day, Dom. It's a lot of spins, a lot of different styles, but it's all hot pizza. Now, what if I told you, Dom, that we could take that hot pizza, we could cook that hot pizza, and then we could refrigerate that pizza <laughs> and cool it off? And, yeah. and then we could serve that cold pizza to customers. I mean. And scene. Come on, guys. Freezing cheese and, dare I say, maybe the way of the future. It's it's the way that pizza was never meant to be seen, but people need it in their lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Multi-million dollar deals. So that is, that is, the, that is the idea. If there's a... Any investor me up. Uh, I am making uh, cash advances on my idea. And freezing cheese in coming to a food truck near you because if there's one thing that people, drunk people or people that get high like, it's just grabbing a little left out of the fridge. Uh, we're just taking that, but we're just organizing it. You don't even have to reach in the fridge anymore. You just come to freezing cheese and food truck, bam, cold pizza right there. I love it. I love it. I'm going to keep the food going, Noah. Flip it over for me here because I just got done eating a nice little home-cooked breakfast before we hopped on to the studio today. So I got to ask, for breakfast food, the great people of the audience, the great people of the Joey community, are we preferring sweetness, the pancakes, the waffles, the French toast, jelly and biscuits, you know? Or are we prefer preferring the savory items, the bacon, the sausage, the eggs, the biscuits and gravy. What side of the spectrum are you on, Noah? Is the audience on? For me personally, obviously, I'm always going to try and get as good of a mixture as I can. Like, you know, when you go to Cracker Barrel and you get the pancakes, but you got some of your sausage and bacon and stuff. But if I had to pick one side to eat for the rest of my life, if I had to choose, I think... I would go, oh, man, this is tough. I think I'd have to go savory. And I think I'm going savory because there's a just seems like there's more options on the table in terms of breakfast. I can get the biscuits and gravy. I can get the bacon, the sausage, the ham. Chorizo is a big breakfast item now. I've only had it once, and it wasn't for breakfast, but I've heard good things about it. People let me know. 
the eggs. I'm a sucker for eggs. It just feels like the saltiness and all that stuff. It's going to overtake the sweetness if I had to pick. I'm going savory. What do you got for me? So part of what makes a good breakfast so good is the mixture. It is the fact that you have the sweet and the savory. You put syrup on your sausage. Oh, man. I mean, just great stuff. But I'm going to have to go savory as well. And that's for one reason. It's because the king of breakfast is a sausage. Sausage is the best part of a breakfast, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of... There's a big... Bacon has sort of turned... I I saw this... I I can't take credit for this, but I I saw this on like a video somewhere or a tweet somewhere uh, that bacon has sort of turned into lettuce. (laughs) Like... Like, used to, bacon was this, like, like, bacon was, like, this, like, um, luxury item almost to get on a burger or whatever. Now it just feels like it's just on every burger. Like, lettuce. (laughs) You know, it's just there. Um, Yeah. The specialty off. And I'm kind of glad for the food take. Bacon, just slightly overrated. Uh, I like bacon, but sausage is the premier savory breakfast item and i will hear no different but uh, also dominic are you a pancake or waffle guy since you're talking oh, about boy. you know sweet and savory see now we're really just opening up a lot of baskets here um man waffles or pancakes i i have to side with pancakes because i feel that in a majority of restaurants and even here cooking at home you just see them more. So you get to eat them more. Therefore, you get a mm. wide range of different types of pancakes. Whereas for waffles, you know, what do you see them at? Waffle House. And, well, that's about all I can think of. I mean, it's not called the International House of Pancakes for no reason, folks. I mean, you know, there's no waffles. So I have to go right. pancakes. I respect waffles. I love the little cups. It kind of soaks in the... Uh, the uh, syrup and you can put you know the peanut butter on it and whatnot but pancakes i eat way more i've had way more types of and quite frankly i do believe that they are just better so i'm gonna go pancakes now yeah i agree with you i'm glad that we finally could agree on a food take dom oh it but, feels good. uh my name's noah baker that's dominic slee we are but just two of the beloved joes and we will see you guys on thursday